We're going to share what our parents do for work. My mom's a teacher. And your dad? He's a liar. <laughs> you mean he's a lawyer. Fletcher Reed was climbing the ladder of success. You're the victim here. Driven into the arms of another man. Seven. Yeah, whatever. One lie. Tell him it's in the mail. I ran out of gas. You're losing a little weight. At a time. The true victim is Christine Beatty. Put yourself in his shoes for a moment. You're walking from church when suddenly you encounter MLL Rick. Pouncing from the shadows. You asked it around. Get your right out of my face. It's gone. What are you doing? What are you doing? That is not paid for by them. That is paid for by the people of Detroit. You are qualified, MLL. I'm not qualified for this job. Let me tell you something. You want to go right now? Okay? You want to go right now? Hey, kids. It's your old pal, ML Elric, here with a special holiday, non-denominational, but if you want to call it Christmas, it's okay, edition of the Soul of Detroit. And we have somebody who's both a present and present, Erica Erickson, my former colleague Aww. at Fox 2, <laughs> my good friend, and a ray of sunshine in this otherwise dank dungeon. <laughs> sitting across. I love visiting this dungeon. She's sitting across the, from the two dim bulbs, <laughs> Sean Windsor and Mark Fellhauer, the, uh, the lights that are out on our string that we, makes us replace the whole the whole thing on the front of our house because it's like why aren't all the lights flashing so brightly it's it's those guys what hi sean hi mark it's nice to hear <laughs> oh <laughs> so, sorry, hi, about, mark. sorry about the voice it's nice to hear mike actually say something nice about somebody i wonder why because she's a wonderful person and you guys are a couple of dirtbags i mean you've been, uh -oh. you've been dogging people down here you were doing a pre-show so to hear this is it's nice it's a good step for you yeah, I, I don't. I'm so, Sean. I guess I. I don't know what it's like. Do you not deal with genuine people all the time? Because you talk to <laughs> coaches and athletes. Have you never seen anybody express real emotion? I mean, you know, we no, just. Yeah, I have. It's just oh, not from okay. you. <laughs> Your voice oh, just not for me. Really, really. When have I put on? Uh, when have I put on a facade? When have you ever no, seen? No, me I'm not saying you put on. A, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying. It's just nice for you to be positive. He was ranting a little bit. He was totally yeah, ranting. Anger, I mean, he had an angry rant. You know. Oh, yeah. No, I'm I totally... Put my, I put on my metaphorical bulletproof vest when I get out of my car out here on the street to come into the studio. Oh, please. You know what I mean? <laughs> Not for you, break, Mark. Yeah. Give me a no, break. When, yeah, when so Sean gets that you. far from Ann Arbor, he gets scared. But it was Mozzie <laughs> Smith who had the gun, and he was in Ann Arbor. You should have worn your bulletproof vest in Washtenaw County. Oh, yeah. He was on his way to get it licensed. It would have been all right. I was held up this morning because I oh, had here, to we I, no, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. This is what I'm here for. No, it's very mundane, but I was just thinking about exactly. this. Yeah, let's start with the mundane yeah, stuff. Exactly. That'll keep the audience. <laughs> oh, I took my sister-in-law some split pea soup last night. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look at listen to this rager, this story. And, and, uh, and the lid was not on. <laughs> it spilled on the seat, so I wiped it up, and it was dark. So I got in the car to come to you guys this morning, and the whole fucking seat was green. <laughs> you know so why? That's why I was running by. I promised Mike Mark I was going to get in here a little early, and I saw the green. I started wiping up, and there are holes in that little pleather. I couldn't get them out, and then I knocked my drink over. And I'm not normally clumsy, as Mike will attest, it's on the basketball court, right? But uh, you, you you create your own space out but, there. Uh, you know, I've just been out of it a little bit, and yeah, yeah, so sorry I'm late. Yeah. You know why Sean was uh, late? So that's why I sound like a dude. <laughs> because it's a fucking split he, pea soup. He saw the split delicious, pea soup, by the way, by the and way. he tried to bring the peas together. 
He said, why are you divided? Together, no, you split peas. No, no, no. Please, no, no, no. no, no. please put get... aside your differences and be one pea. No, no, you take the peas and you take the hammock or whatever it is you're going to use and you nestle them together. That's the idea. The, the I just, peas I just already know each other. Pre-show ML to Sean. Is there anything uh, in particular you want to cover? No. No. No, but we knew. We knew there'd be some ridiculous. I'm done. No, no, I'm done. All right. Now it's all seeped by. in the seats, and exactly. it's gonna. And the seats have the little. In the spring, it's gonna stink after the right? cold is exactly. gone. Exactly. We have this wonderful guest, and Sean's talking about Who knows his, what I'm talking about. His dirty clearly. seat. Oh, I know. I Nobody mean, wants on. to come here. And this is what's great about it. Everyone's been through something like that before, right? I, I try to be universal, Mike. You are an everyman. You are an everyman. It really is. Every man that you hope not to be stuck By in the way, you look every with, crabby old or man. on an island. <laughs> you yeah. look particularly handsome today. Oh, my God. Say Enough. Knock it off. But well, you're, I, I, like the, I like the little cue. Yeah. The little cue up there. Erica, Erica and I worked together for a long time, and one of the things she would always say to me at the end of the day at the station is, it must be very frustrating always being judged on your looks. Every day I said that. Yeah, and I was like, Erica, you know, I know you have no idea what, what, what you're talking about, but it is frustrating to me because I want to be appreciated for the things I do it's and who double. I am. Yeah, it was, it was incredibly unfair for you. I, I, how'd you get through it? Well, you know, you'd always end that when you'd say it's really unfair for you, and then you'd refer to me as Gollum. So I kind of thought you were being a little, you know... <laughs> Facetious. So I I'm going to ask. He'd start Never. talking about the Smiths. I, kept, I slunk back to my run. office, muttering about the precious. So uh, <laughs> I'm going to ask. We want it back. We uh, needs it. When you, oh, when you were back. When you were, well, back. I want to look at her. When you were on camera uh, at Fox Two, how hyper aware were that? Were you of that? Oh, I mean, it's you're on TV. It's constant. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, ML, how hyper aware were you of it? I mean, I, I didn't wear makeup. Uh, sometimes it looked like I you know, maybe got rolled by a, a bunch of bouncers. You never did wear makeup, did you? No, a lot I, of guys wear makeup. Well, there, I, I'm not going to name names, but there were a couple guys in the, uh, their shirts would hang in, the, uh, in the, uh, mm -hmm. the dressing room we had, which was really just a big men's room with some lights. And there's so much makeup on the collar. You're like, you know, is, is Al Jolson doing the news here? I mean, it was incredible how much makeup people would use. And Leduff said to me when I got these, like, we're going to be the two guys who never wear makeup. And I'm like, that's fine. <laughs> that was that's a good cool. impression. And then I saw him the day after he got in that scuffle on St. Patrick's Day. He was, he was in the courthouse, get the bell ready, during the Kilpatrick trial. I said, Charlie, you look pretty good. He goes, makeup. Because he had a couple of shiners and, and he had taken, he'd taken uh, a few Sometimes boots. you just, you've got, makeup works miracles sometimes. I've, I've been told... Especially that, under the eyes. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I still uh, would get... And I haven't for a while, I guess, but I would get acne still. And every once in a while, I'd put a little... My color was spice, by the way, uh, on the blemish. Oh. And then it just looked like, well, he has a brown lump on his you head instead really of a need, pimple. So. You don't need makeup, I don't think. Well, here's the thing, Sean. You're very fetching I, without I, I hate to I hate to say this, but uh, men on TV, almost nobody comments on their appearances. Women on TV, everybody feels like they have license Constantly. to say oh, this. And, no, and we're the, hypocritical as The shit. only time I ever had even a, a glimmer of that was the first time I left the free press and went to Channel 4. One of our colleagues, Pat Anstett, saw me somewhere and she said, you're not doing your makeup right. Or she said something about my appearance. And I'd worked with her for years and she never, ever said anything about the way I looked until... 
I was on TV, and that was one of the rare occasions I had. But, you know, if you're at a bar or you're anywhere, the first thing people talk about is what the reporter looks like. And it's got to be incredibly frustrating, the double standard, and just the, the notion that people feel like they have license to make any shitty comment that they want to make oh, because they got a clicker in their hand. Unbelievable. The balls of steel people have behind their keyboard. The things oh. that they think that they can say to people because they're on TV. I can't imagine what it's, I people mean, who it, are actually famous it, have to it's deal a, with. It's a visual medium, right? So, I mean, that is going to rule the day what people look like. Exactly, and, and, and you should treat it as such. I mean... But as far as negative feedback, it's pretty low-hanging fruit, right? I mean, yeah. Come on. Well, people I mean, are firing People back attack too. people's character. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think one of my friends was wearing houndstooth, and she was told that she was supporting... War. <laughs> she was wearing what? hound's what? tooth. I, I mean, it's unreal. You know, your hair sti- styled a certain way, and right. you are. I learned a long time ago. People hear and see what they want to hear and see a lot of exactly, the time, so. and you just gotta brush it off. Yeah. And it's hard sometimes, but oh, it's, of course it's hard. You yeah. just develop thick skin. And Look, I know I'm overweight and fat, and people tell me it all the time. But it's like, yeah, okay, I get it. I know, I know that. You know, most of the time, I think people just they. <laughs> I always tell myself this. That's a you problem, man. I, yeah, you yeah. clearly have something going on, and the best if that makes you feel better. Attacking somebody else all day, every day. You just sit behind your computer and just attack people. Yeah, but did you? You mentioned behind the keyboard. Did you ever get that out? You said. I assume you got a glimpse of what That's it was like funny. to be famous a little bit, right? You said for people that are actually famous. You people got a glimpse of that in person. People don't usually have the balls to say it to your face, ever. You're, do they? No, they no. don't. Fuck and no. when people and when people do say something rude, my my response is, "I'm sorry. Could could you repeat that?" Because they don't even usually have the balls to say it a second time. <laughs> right. Have you ever been catcalled while doing a story? Yes. All the time. I uh, a few times. That's there was a couple times it was live, and you just have to ignore it. Yeah. You. I mean, most of the time. I mean, ML. You saw. I was on very serious stories, and people would say really disgusting things, and. When I was done, I'd say, I'm sorry, but um, a child was murdered and you were you just did that. And most of the time they didn't know or sure. they would apologize. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> People are so in their own world. Well, they don't yeah, think they really re- are. They're really in their own world and they're usually just joking. And, yeah. and they don't think you're real in a way, right? That's that, the other thing. Hey, I don't think you're real, Sean. I've been around you for two years. I can't believe you're a real no, person. No, no. But I was. Erica mentioned earlier what is that? What would be like if you were actually famous? You know, I don't know. President famous, the actor famous, Tiger Woods famous, whatever. But I was at a deli in Indianapolis a couple of weeks ago, and some guy started following me around the deli, and it turns out. He just wanted to talk about this show and what I write at the Free Press. Oh, cool. And I just thought, no, no, no. It was fine in the end, but I just thought the way he was... snapped and said, I'm off the clock. The way he was following me and eyeing me, and I knew he recognized me for either, from either this or the newspaper, but... But I just thought, God, if you had to live with that, but see, that's every diff- time that's you walk out of your house, that level—that's what you're talking about. That's Could you imagine though. that, Erica? Sean, he wants that to talk. Le- 
He wants to talk to you about your work. He's not cat calling you. No, 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 he for sure. Just, but I'm just saying, just having eyes on you when you go out. I don't, I don't really like it. I like, I'm, you know, I'm glad I'm a newspaper person. But every now and again, I get it a little bit. I couldn't imagine. It's every time, you and walk then people out knowing things about you as well is is right. can sometimes be creepy. And I'm sure you guys know that too. Going out, and some people know your whole life. <laughs> Well, I like it when people tell me stuff I said. I'm like, I did? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, Sorry about that. I, I had a problem on Twitter a few years ago where some downriver assistant wrestling coach got mad about something. And, and next thing I know on Twitter, he's saying, hey, do your daughter still go to this high school? Is this still oh your address? God. All this other shit. And I'm like, dude, I'm going to drive down there. And we're going to have this out. You got to be kidding me. And of course, Twitter was just, <clears throat> yeah, this isn't harassment. This isn't threatening. I'm like... You know, you can say whatever you want about me, but until I ran for office, if you looked at my social media profile when I was a reporter, no wife, no kids, all you knew was I lived in Detroit, I was a reporter, I like sports, and every once in a while I'd share some music stuff because I didn't want anything personal mm -hmm. to be a part of it. I didn't want anybody going after them because what you find out is most of these chicken shits... They're not going to step up to you, but they'll try and find somebody who they think is vulnerable and go after them. Exactly. And uh, and we've seen it with some of the trolls talking about. Uh, there was one particular troll when uh, Tom Lewand was running the Lions. His wife was a little husky, and this guy was going on about you know the Lions suck and your and your wife is a cow. I'm like, the Lions suck. Let's stick to that. That's bad enough. But um, yeah, it's just it's. People, people take some liberties, um, and here's a rough segue. I've been accused of taking some liberties in my recent combo about Christine Beatty, which yes. we will be talking about. Well, now we're getting to the rant you a had little later the show. into the show. Wait, what are we talking but, about? <laughs> but the show we need to tell you is brought to you by Luke Nowacki, God. who is uh, the sponsor of all the Red Shovel Network shows, <laughs> and has been with us now for almost our entire four-year run. He's our sole sponsor, so the reason we're still coming to you is because of Luke. So if you need some help planning for your financial future, please go see Luke Nowacki. Let him know you found out about him from the soul of Detroit. If you happen to run into him in a deli in Indianapolis and you and he thinks you want to talk to him about his sports opinions, but you really just want to say, is that split pea soup or did you shart yourself? <laughs> just tell him that you found out about it on the soul of Detroit. Yes. That's really... Oh, by the way, the gentleman was very does. friendly, but I can, before we get to whatever political, whatever you're going to do... No, I want to talk to Eric yeah. some more, but I want people to know we have some other things going on in the show, including a special New Wave Christmas song. Ooh. Oh, yeah, I can't wait for that. Eric, can you... <laughs> We, I have a question for you. Did you ever have you ever been uncomfortable people not stalking you, but kind of eyeing you or recognizing you and unsure what to say, stumbling or? Yeah, I mean, people have grabbed my friends and I. There's, I've been stalked on Twitter. I had to go to the police at one point. There was a. It was actually turned out to be a woman in New York. Believe it or not. Whoa. <laughs> a woman in New York posing as a guy. Posing as a man. I have, what? I, I have no idea who she was. No idea. Yeah, Michigan State Police had to help me out with that one. Damn. Any? I mean, did you ever find out the reason why? No. I. That's the no reason. I have no idea. She just, every time I would block her or... Uh, is she an astronaut? <laughs> because I know those astronaut women can get kind of crazy. I'm like, what? 
Remember the the astronaut who wore the uh, yeah, the adult the diaper uh, undergarments to try and meet somebody, and she was yeah. driving from Florida to Houston or something yeah, it was, it was to the astronaut uh, love triangle. Yeah, yeah. so you weren't she in attacked an astronaut the other woman. Well, you know that's for a story for another day. Damn, that's something. Twenty twenty four exclusive on ML Solar <laughs> Detroit. Did the state police help? Yes, yes, they were very helpful. They were wonderful. Yeah, I don't know the reason. I think some people just fixate. They do. No idea. Rob Walchick had a problem with a, a guy he had done a story on who was from New York. And he had to call the cops because I think the guy actually came and was hanging outside of Rob's house, like surveilling his house. Jeez. And the police oh. had to get involved in that. So so there are some people who get fixations. Yeah, that there's was people more that we do stories thing. with who, right. you know, you kind of, okay, the story's over or... Yeah, I'm not your therapist. Yeah. Now, deal. you are a local uh, local journalist raised here in the metro area, got your degree at Wayne State, former journalist of the year from the Wayne hey. State uh, Journalism School, as I recall. Yes, and alumni of the year as well. Yeah. And uh, and started out in, was it Traverse City, or where was your first gig? What, how did uh, you start? My first gig was in Traverse City, and that was the only one before Detroit. Okay. Yeah, so I was hazed a little bit when I first arrived in Detroit. <laughs> Before we get you to Detroit, you said you had sort of an inauspicious debut because I think anybody who's seen oh my you gosh. on TV knows you're a very talented <laughs> storyteller. You're a tenacious reporter, incredibly poised, and especially with everything that goes on in the background, you're in a live situation. Maybe there's a, an emergency situation. Maybe people are just like, ooh, what's going on there? And they want to butt in as you're about to go live. You keep your cool pretty well. Thank you. But you said I the first time know what no one would have known that. <laughs> so embarrassing i don't know what happened i was i was up north and so just quick background i have done public speaking acting things like this since high school and i have had no issues i was up north and there was a plane crash and i was going live and they went out to me and i just stood there let's check with erica out at the airport erica what have you got there and i'm standing there i'm ready to rock and i froze no words would come out they're like go go, go you got your earpiece go, in and erica saying. and and i just was standing there i mean it were <laughs> it was the longest me staring at like a deer in headlights at the camera live everybody just what the hell are you doing? What is wrong with you? And then eventually my photographer told me we were off or kind of waved his hand and we weren't. So you could see me pouting, walking off camera. <laughs> well, but at least like you didn't basically say. Basically about to cry. You didn't say, what the hell was that shit? No, okay, I didn't say good. anything. I was just like, I just put my head down and just walked walked off camera because I thought he put the, I yeah. thought we were off. And was this your first live shot? I think this was my first one. But I had, I had kind of, yeah, it was my first one, I think. How long did it last, the quiet? Oh, it, it probably was, felt like an eternity, it was, but... It was very... It did was you ever bad. find out officially how, how many seconds it was? Uh, I think it was... I can't remember how long, but it was bad. It was bad. Where can we find this video? I don't know. Let's never find it's it. It's not on YouTube? Let's never find it. So when they went to you... Uh, Different directors will have different cues. Like sometimes they'll say go or they'll do, or sometimes they won't say anything and they'll expect you to pick it up from when the anchor says something. Did they prompt you or was it just sort of the anchor stopped talking? And oh, it was... they were great and they prompted me and Erica, 
What you doing? You're on. Like, and so the anchors just picked it back up and said, well, we seem to be having some technical problems out there. In the I field. honestly don't remember. Oh, wow. You didn't go back and watch the tape? I... I mean, not that... I had other to, people but... watch it. I thought I was going to be fired. I went back to the station and thought I was done. What did they tell you? Were they? Yeah, like, that's what I want to know. Yeah, well, I, I remember seeing an interview recently. Uh, Letterman was on with Colbert, and they both were talking about... The show is, it, whatever happens, it's never as bad as you think it is. That's very true. How it plays on the box. And it's never as good as you think it is. That's just how people view it is going to be very different. So did anybody give you a pep talk afterwards? Like, yeah, you'll be fine. We, so we I always, and I always say that to myself now, things always happen twice in our minds and then in sure. reality, right? Well, in my mind, it was a disaster. I didn't have a job anymore. I need to find a new career. There was no point even going back to the station. And it was a long drive back because, you know, up north, everywhere up north, is far. Yeah. Oh, no. So two-lane roads. Yeah, it was bad. So I went back and uh, my news director <laughs> was like, yeah, it was bad. But, you know. Anyway, I checked. I had voice mails. And I was like, oh, God, what are these messages? They were the nicest voicemails from viewers. Yeah. I had oh, wow. emails from viewers saying what a good job I'd been doing, not a big deal. And I couldn't believe it. And they kept coming in the next day. So you'd been on the air before then the audience. I had knew been who on the were. air before. Okay. Okay. And I think that it wasn't my first live shot, but it was a more of a breaking news situation. Okay. It was a big story. Dynamic so news everyone situation. was watching. Okay. You know, in Traverse City, it's a smaller market. Sure. And a plane crash is a big deal anywhere. Yes, exactly. So, so I remember there was a new reporter at Channel 4 maybe about 10 or 15 years ago. It was her first time on camera. And she was she was fine, but she was at a disaster, like like bodies and houses burning. And the anchor tossed to her and said, uh, we want to introduce you to our newest reporter, whatever her name is, Jane Doe, and says, uh, looks like there's a terrible disaster behind you, but it's so great to have you here oh, as part Jesus. of the News 4 family. Okay, and so she awkward. has to pick it up and just like, it is great to be a part of it. I'm so excited to be here. Before, behind me, of course, there's smoldering bodies. Oh um, it looks God. like Luke Skywalker's aunt and uncle have been burned by Imperial troopers. It's just like, you know, that first time on can be really... Uh, yeah, that's not you know, a way to set up. I don't know. You, you want to ease people in. So it's good that people knew who you were, so they already had some yes, sort of... Yes, very true. Very that you true. were new and that, you know, you were competent and this was just sort of a little a little glitch. I'd want to be on yeah, the, the next story as soon way. as possible. Like, Get me back on there. So well, I can how did you do that, that then? Yeah. Did you need to take a little time? Did they no, say... No, no, I just... Get back out there, right? Yep, went yeah. back out there and... Next uh, day, that and then, night? Soon I was reporting and producing and anchoring my own show. So it was... And no one remembers it until you tell everybody. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, it was well, fine. It's a good thing, yeah. And I think and I think it showed viewers that I uh, could recover and, I, you know... Normal, yeah. We're all just human. Yeah. Yeah. So it's been two years since you left Fox 2. Is that about right? Yeah, that's about right. Do you miss, do you miss it and what are you doing now? Uh, I, I miss broadcasting. I, Fox 2, you know, I've got, we've got our Fox 2 family. I still see a lot of folks from over there. Crew. It's a good crew. Exactly. And you still hang out with a lot of people. We see the pictures on uh, very glamorous life that you're living there <laughs> on social media. I mean, <laughs> I, I, when I see the pictures, I always feel like, what are they doing at Rockefeller Center? You know, I mean, you guys always seem to find these really... We always kind of get these random invitations spots. and we... We always take people up on them. Who is say, we? Do you have a whole squad of ladies? 
a, a typical squad? We kind of have a squad going, yeah. I guess. <laughs> the Eric Aaron squad. Um, I think someone coined the term boner generals the other day. Yeah, that's probably. Yeah, I have an idea where that's from. Maybe the head no of the No idea, network. right? Yeah. It's crazy. I think that was boner army, I think is what he boner calls Boner army. You're the general yeah. of the boner army. We're yeah. a little more generals sophisticated the, show. We, yes. We just, we just say these are people out enjoying their lives. Yes. Sorry about that. With a lot of a lot of mouth breathers on <laughs> online. Yes. You see how terrible we are? I mean, people are. <laughs> No, but Mark asked what you've been doing. Oh, so I do. Besides I'm in public relations now, so I went to the dark side. Um, <laughs> that's what everyone says. That but, is news now. Although good public relations people are are uh, a real pleasure because right, you, you, it's nice to have somebody you're dealing with who's a fair broker, who you can trust, who knows what you need for your story, who can help you get it, who understands yes. your deadlines. Listen to this. I well, love it. And I just had an experience with a PR person who did the exact opposite on the kill on the Christine Beatty story. But uh, but when you have a good PR person, it makes your life better and hopefully it helps you tell the story because especially with TV, time is there's a sign when you'd leave the newsroom that said time is the enemy of all predators and it's just you need time, and mm-hmm. in TV, especially with all the technical aspects, somebody who can help you get what you need in an efficient way is a godsend. So I, exactly. I don't consider it the dark side, although there are some trolls over there. True. Some, I mean, there's trolls anywhere. They're hiding in... Some gorgons. and Yes. So I hadn't really realized that I'd been kind of doing PR for myself, kind of my own name, my whole career, my broadcasting career, and a lot of our what we did in broadcasting kind of translates and journalism kind of translates over there's a there's a few differences so i i learned some things but i was doing pr over at the wayne county sheriff's office and then now i do do it over at uh, henry ford health awesome freaking team over there the nicest people oh my gosh i had to i was walking around when i first started and i'm like all right when are you know when are these people going to start being mean (laughs) they're so nice over there i can't even tell you i think we have a lot of former free press colleagues working over at henry ford in the in the uh, public information they're so nice tammy battaglia may still be there uh kim shine was working there for quite a while yeah i think yeah tammy's over at children's we did a we actually did a nice story together um a few months ago yeah, and then I do some kind of freelance stuff on the side. You know, some people just say, hey, Erica, can you help me out with a press release or, you know, contact some local people for this and that, and I love it. It's and, fun. And you left Fox 2 for, for health reasons, right? I mean, the headaches. Yeah, and, I had these crazy that, headaches yeah. and um, facial nerve pain that was going into my scalp and all this crazy stuff, and no one knew what was wrong for a while, but... Yeah, now that's kind Which of probably made it worse not knowing like why is this happening. I thought I was going nuts. Yeah. Uh, that's terrible. I try to. T- I still have people contacting me. Hey, I I had a woman email me the other day. Her 16 year old has migraines and cervicogenic headaches, and uh, I'm actually going to get back, her back back with her today because some of the go to treatments don't aren't working for her daughter. So. Is that what it was? So you do have a diagnosis now as to what it was? Yeah, yeah. Basically, basically, they call it cervicogenic headaches, but it's basically the nerves in your neck and they wrap around your head and it mimics migraines, but you get them kind of more regularly and it's more, more of a dull pain. 
you know, so I had headaches every day and I was just popping ibuprofen every day. Oh, and then I ended up with super high blood pressure in the hospital and things like that with. Oh, and it's know. a high blood pressure business too. When you're, right. when you're doing TV, daily reporters are doing two and three stories a day. You're crisscrossing the metro area. You're in a truck. You're trying to connect with the satellite to feed your stuff. You don't know if people are going to talk to you. I have those same headaches, but it's usually just on Tuesdays. <laughs> you figured that was coming. It's just a dull pain. I mean, yeah. a dull pain. Slowest, you it, Sean. Pain. Slowest setup yeah. ever. Erica, do you, do you now that you're I feeling better? Ever, uh, it's a roadmap over there. It just flashes know, above his head. You know what I mean? It's a very so easy predictable. To read. Yeah, it's, it's own little neon Google up above there. Do you um, do you want to get back in into broadcasting ever? Especially now that you're feeling better. Uh, I definitely think. It, it's it's kind of my first love, and it's something that I've kind of. It, I I don't know. I mean, if it's the right role, and and it's something that I can do, and um, I mean, I work from home three days a week right now, I mean, it, and it sounds like no, but maybe, yeah. <laughs> right? Like eh. right, yeah. The three days I've done radio and I've done television. They're two very different, as you guys know. They're two very different mediums. I love them both. I don't know if you were, I don't know if you knew that I was a I was a DJ at WTCM in Traverse City. Country? I, yes. I, I believe you told me that you had done radio, but I assumed it was as part of like a morning show, as opposed to like spinning platters. The platters that matter. And here's platters, platters that trip. matter. Oh no, that's what I did. Really? Mm-hmm. Damn. Did of course you wear we would boots never too? play the platters on this show. <laughs> did I wear boots? <laughs> Some days. Really? I have a new appreciation for country music. Really? Mm -hmm. Oh, wait. Did you not like country music before you did it? No, I did. It was okay. okay. No, you didn't. It's okay. It was, it was all right. I'll admit it. I don't get it. Didn't you? <laughs> I did not hate of it. Of you did. No. Why would I work there? <laughs> it was a job. Because it was a job. Yeah. <laughs> no, because I did it on the weekends. But you learned to respect it and appreciate it. I so. really respect it and like appreciate it. Like old school? It. Like old school, Patsy all the new Klein? stuff. Oh, oh about Patsy Klein, yeah. Got to interview Loretta Lynn. Hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah. Did she have, uh, what was her, what was her husband's name? dude or bub or whatever his name was who used to travel with her all the time did anybody see coal miner's daughter was it just me it was just you yeah when they were on the they were driving around promoting her records and they said uh yeah we're just touring oh. around and, and eating salami to make us horny and she didn't know what that meant and all the the djs down south in like the 50s like she can never be on the radio again we can't have that kind of godless talk on the radio but you didn't have that godless, godless talk, talk. Yeah. You just, you just right, right. You I, Jesus it's so much and fun. Uh, you Jesus and Jason Aldean, <laughs> and no, no room in between. No, you got to leave room for Jesus. Always got to leave. Right, Sean? No. Okay. Sure. <laughs> if that's your thing. I don't know. It is Christmas. His birthday's coming up. What'd you get him, Sean? Uh, just uh, don't love. say split pea soup. Was, no, I was gonna say okay. love every day. I don't know. Love's good. You can't go wrong with love. Yeah. With with TV. One of the things that, that I always I always miss about it, you know, there's deadline uh, tension in, in I love I did too. I do love but the deadline. There the is deadline that tension. rush. And, I think yeah. that everybody that works in a business like that yeah. Yeah. loves deadlines. How, yeah. how do you you know, do you did you come to dread the constantly trying to beat the clock every day, or was that sort of a rush for you that you, you needed that little you know, that little adrenaline burst that's to, the, to feel that alive? Was, believe it or not, that's the biggest 
that was the biggest thing I had to, the biggest transition. I, I would, especially when I first switched over, I would start rushing to get things done. And I'm like, oh my God, I have two weeks to do this. What am I doing? Yeah. Why am I, why am I killing myself? I could do more in two minutes than I have two weeks. You know, that the, the way you sort of, time sort of slows down where you're like, okay, I know I need, I know I need 30 seconds to do this. And it's like, okay, I can do a lot in 30 seconds. But to the rest of the world, 30 seconds is like, that's, that's nothing. That's a blink of eye. Mm-hmm. But when you're on deadline and you're just looking for that one little sound bite or you need to redo that one track, and 30 seconds is a lot of time. I know. It's, it's so different. But you're living on that razor's edge where you have to use that time right. Otherwise, you, I, I missed slot once, which is a term for deadline in, in TV. Once? Well, <laughs> let me just say the first time I missed slot. Is he misremembering? I, I wasn't. It wasn't my fault. Yeah. But uh, but I got a phone call from the assistant news director on the way back to the station. It's just like what happened? Yeah, Mark. This and is great. It wasn't great. my fault, but it was just. It was one of those things where, you know, newspapers. Sean and I are on deadline all the time, and Sean's writing game stories and columns on deadline. There's a lot of tension there. But there's nothing like a TV deadline because if you miss a newspaper deadline, you screw everybody down the line. You miss a TV deedline and there's dead air or they have to they have to move the show around. It's a, yeah, you got to move the show around and and it just they you're not you the know. lead or if I don't yeah. know if you were the lead that day or we He's were. always the lead. It was, right? It's it was. crazy though because you're oh, you're yeah. always late for everything and you're always the lead. That's why I'm out of TV. Because you're always late. No, Eric, did you hear Eric? No, I was, a, pro- I was a project reporter. We, we work, I'd fight with the lawyers for a month. I mean, right. deadlines, that, what do you mean? I, I got to do the promo three days in advance. Right, Eric yours was a, a promo lot different. And going live. I was doing two stories a day, t- a oh. promo and two sot teases a day. Yeah. Oh. And Mark, I mean, you heard Erica check him. That he only missed, yeah. quote, slot once, right? It's nice to have a fact checker down here, Eric. <laughs> I will say that my... Uh, my TV news team missed slot uh, several times. Uh, I'm not sure that more than one of them was my fault. Your TV news team? I do believe I do believe you when you say it wasn't your fault, though, associates. because the you know the the computers, the internet, well, the, I mean, there the was blue probably... screen of death. We've all seen that. Oh, yeah. Everything in the truck goes blank, and everything mm-hmm. you've been editing is gone. But no, what happened the first time was I was with a photographer who was uh, divorced. And he was. I already know who you're talking about. No, no, this was at at Channel Four. Oh, never mind. Yeah. He was fighting with the airline because he'd made plans with his ex-wife to fly their kids to Florida, and something had gone wrong. So he's on, he's on, you know, uh, press nine, then press three. Hell, with uh, at that time Northwest Airlines, they're fighting in the back of the truck. I'm looking at my watch. I'm like, it's getting close, and I'm like, hey, 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 hey. You know, they're calling for us in the truck. They're like, you know, are you guys ready? We don't see you on camera. You know, We're like, uh, yeah, I don't know. They say, are you set up for your live shot? I'm like, hey, are we set up for our live shot? She's like, no, go out there and put the camera up. And so, I'm like, well, first of all, that's a union violation. Second of all, if I was willing to violate, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Third of all, wh- what do you mean turn the camera on? He's still fighting back. I was like, priorities. We missed it, and I, I. I threw them under the bus. They floated us, which meant they they put us elsewhere in the show. The producers had to reorder everything. They had promoted us as the top story, and and it was really, and they really had built a nice newscast around this good story we had, and we screwed them royally. And the news director, assistant news director, 
let me know it. And I, I basically took the heat for my, my colleague, who was later fired for looking at some inappropriate images on a computer uh, oh. a year or so later. But, oh, my. Uh, really? And then the other time I was out, he, doing and, and on your computer? Was, he was a pretty, right. what was computer. he doing at the computer? What was he doing uh, on your computer? At that time I didn't have a laptop. I just used a notebook, but now everybody's on the laptops. But, um, he, yeah, he was, computer a, was he confused. was a good partner, but and it was just a random draw. We didn't work together all the time, but there was another time we were in Corktown outside Tiger Stadium about to set something up. And I was very nervous about him because he'd kind of left me hanging and I, took a lot of heat for it we're getting ready for a live shot and he disappeared and i couldn't find him. i'm like i'm like uh, 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 wh wh where are you hey wh what's going on and you know this was before text message or if you did text messages like press a three times to get right. a c press you know whatever and i'm like oh my god he's but gonna do it to me and he comes walking up from that that Chinese restaurant that was at the corner, Michigan and Trumbull, eating like lo mein, and he's like, "Don't worry," but I'm like, "You got to get in the truck. You got you got to set the." It was fine, but I was like, when this guy disappeared, I thought, "Oh my god, he did it to me again." Yeah, it is. That was the other thing when you when you work in TV, it's you and the photographer, like eight nine hours a day. Yeah, relying on each other. Yeah, but it's a great collaborative experience, you know, and 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 the things you go through. Uh, both good and bad. I, and I had a photographer. I used to, we used to have uh, differences of opinion on stuff, and 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 we'd and and every once in a while we'd have to have that talk. I'm like, it's like I feel like I'm breaking up with a girlfriend here. Why why do I have to keep explaining to this you and you don't understand and you think I'm not listening to your problems? And you get home to your wife, he's like, thank God I'm with someone I'm actually in a relationship with because this work relationship is killing me. We need counseling. Oh, and those trucks get really small when you're yelling at each really other. They get really small, don't they? Did you ever have Warm. any beefs? Oh like yeah, that? yeah. That's why I thought he was going to bring up a couple. There's a certain <laughs> couple of photographers who would have like tantrums, and then oh. like, all right, go there, go get it out, and then they'd come back in and be like, all right, are we? Or I would have a tantrum, you know, because we didn't feel heard or yeah, listened when, to. Oh yeah. When you work that close with people for a long time, believe me, yeah. Yeah, Working you, you have your with, moments. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Oh god, it, it want, uh. But then you also realize as you get older that boy, all these uh, things that you thought were really important and really serious just aren't that important, aren't that serious. I think I don't know. I well, agree. Ra radio's a lot different than TV. Where I've I've had hosts that were late for stuff. Uh, Brandon had a host that he couldn't find two minutes before they were supposed to start a show. Oh. At 105.1, turned out he was out in his car crying. Oh, um, But it's like you just realize, like, yeah. okay, uh, not the end of the world. The show's going to go on with or without these people. Well, I didn't know you Matt I've never cried. had a, a moment like that. <laughs> what are you talking about? Every week wood. we have a moment like that. No, where we're, you know, yelling at each other and that sort of thing. Oh, I don't yell. Yeah, most of the time, I agree. Most of the time, it's just we not would. worth it. Exactly. No, it's not. It's just not. Yeah. It's just well, TV. It's just broadcasting. But it, 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 it is a rush, and, and particularly when you're doing stories. The only where, annoying thing is when people are counting on you, right? Or some, you know, you're, or you're counting on someone and they let you down, right? That's what's annoying about it. It's like, and if they keep doing it over and over, then that, everyone's that needs waiting to be for you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Sorry, Mo. Go ahead. No, no, that's okay. I just, I, 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 all I was going to say is, is it, you do miss that rush. You'd become a little bit of an adrenaline junkie, but... But it is fun when you do a story that you think really makes a difference in somebody's life mm -hmm. and that they really appreciate it and, and you give them uh, a platform to be heard on their issue. And, um, 
and then all the other stuff, you know, the mechanical stuff is all a part of it. But I, I hope you're back on the air soon because you're a great storyteller, very talented. Uh, you know, haven't haven't uh, locked up on air since since TC, so that's way behind you. But just you know, a, a face and and a voice that people look forward to and trust to tell their stories. So I know, I know you're helping tell stories at the hospital, but I hope that. Yeah, uh, there are some great stories over there as, as well, but um, thank you. Thanks for that. And uh, yeah, I think one of the biggest things is I just try to be myself just like you guys. And that's why they got rid of me. If you like me, cool. If you don't, (laughs) they said, that's why they get rid of me. They said, could you be somebody else? I said, this is all you get. And they said, beat it. (laughs) You weren't wearing enough makeup. Yeah, exactly. Somebody hogged it all. Somebody took all the spice. <laughs> well, let's let's glow. talk about the story you did last. Something week. else spicy. Yes. Oh, yes. How much of a rush did you get from uh, from this story? Uh, not much of a rush because what? every time I have to write about Kilpatrick or Beatty, Sean won't believe this, but it's like it's like drudgery because it's it's trying to deconstruct. It's this bizarre relationship I feel like you have at this point. It is. It's like, uh, and I've described it before, and it, sometimes I feel the show's like that, where you're in one of those movies where you're chained to somebody who's completely the opposite of you, but yeah. wherever oh, they go, you kind of oh, get dragged you. along. That, and, yes. You know, yes. Then, now, the difference say, is... Did he just say yeah, that the, it, yeah. the show... The difference is... Like with is this, that what he just said? Oh, he did. Well, with he this show... He that in there, didn't he? He did. I did. This show, yeah. like those movies, the guys end Very up roughly. becoming friends at the at the end, and they learn something about each other, and they grow together, and it's a beautiful beautiful story no, we're, we're trying to grow here well, i this thought we is were not g- like that i Kil- am chained to these guys and, <laughs> patrick and Beatty was almost the other way around because he wanted you to work for him at one point yeah and chris was the one who made the job offer yeah, and so you were friends to start one of the reasons why i didn't take the job is because i knew she would never listen to me and and she would go out why, and say, why did you know that because she was very even then when i didn't know there was a romantic relationship was very um uh, territorial with Kilpatrick, you know, that was, she was the gatekeeper and the free press, Patty Montemori and David Zeman do not get enough credit for breaking the first story about the Kilpatrick civic fund, where the Kilpatrick civic fund took a $50,000 donation from a homeless shelter operator. Oh. And in return, Kilpatrick wrote a letter. He was a state rep at the time and had lots of friends at Wayne County, the McNamara administration, specifically Mike Duggan, deputy county executive trying to get this multi-million dollar contract for the homeless shelter operator who years later would testify that he also bribed Kilpatrick and was demanded money and all this other stuff. At any rate, when that story came out, when Patty and David reported that story, there was a call to open the books for the civic fund to show people that this is a nonprofit that is helping people show us how you raise the rest of the money, show us how you spend the rest of the money. They were not required to open the books, but it would have been one of those things where if you have nothing to hide, you would put it out there on display so that everybody could see for themselves and say, we're moving on. Because Gil Hill, who was running against Kilpatrick for mayor, had also taken a donation from this homeless shelter operator and written him a letter. So it wasn't, it wasn't that uncommon. Christine Beatty was the leader of the FU Brigade, where it was, wow. if you want this, come and get it. Come and take it from our cold, dead hands. Which and they was did, right? And they found there was absolutely grants, grants paid the to wrong it. response yeah. to a story like that. And in fact, it kept that story going throughout the campaign. And it was the one negative story that hurt Kilpatrick. It was the one time that Gil Hill actually got some traction on him. And the reason why this cut became an infection that became gangrenous was because of Christine Beatty's 
F you, come and get it attitude. Now, it wasn't for many years later that we found out exactly what was going on there, but that really hurt the, the, the then candidate, Kilpatrick, when he was running for mayor. And when you see people do the exact wrong thing, and when you can talk to them about it, and my relationship with Beatty and Kilpatrick back then was, was good enough that, that I could say, hey, this is, this is hurting you. This is not what you should do. This is what you should do to you know, clear the air, and, and I'm happy to be the reporter that, you know, that helps you clear the air because it would be a great story for us. It was just, no, no, it was just a stonewall. So I, I, I was very leery of that. And I also knew Kilpatrick was so tight with his high school buddies that if he ever got different advice from them than he got from me, he'd go with, with them, them yeah. which, okay, fine. They don't know the media, but whatever. I guess if you listen to them over your media person. But the thing that I couldn't live with was I knew they would then order me to go out there and tell everybody, yeah, uh, I told these idiots not to do that, and I knew it was going to blow up like it has. But by the way, everybody, you're all wrong. You also <laughs> they were had, right. I couldn't do You also had people at the Free Press you know, encouraging you to stay, strongly encouraging you to stay, right? Uh, not that many people at the Free Press knew I'd been uh, offered a job. I remember by, when you came over and told me about it. That was like the first of 15 times. Yeah, and you I, said, why don't you try podcasting I instead? I pleaded with you to stay at the Free Press, you know what I mean? 15 oh, times. Oh, no, it's something about right. I mean, I've, I've heard at least three. Yeah. No, but I, I was shocking when you first told me that. I'm like, what? But the it, the it, investigative it, reporter you are, you're going to go do this? You know what I mean? Well, at that time, I was just a city hall no, reporter, but... I mean, no, you were doing great work. No, but the money was, I remember you, I don't remember what the figure was now, but I remember you told me about the money and it was, it, th yeah. that had to have been tantalizing for sure. Uh, it probably was going to be close to a hundred I was going to say, when was this? Something. This was 2001. Yeah. Okay. But here's the other thing I knew. The city was about to face uh, a budget crisis. And one of the first things I would have recommended as the press secretary was, we all need to take a voluntary 10% pay cut. And I knew they were never going to go for that. I knew that was never going to happen. In fact, when Kilpatrick became mayor, he announced that he was going to pay his two high school buddies, Christine Beattie and Derek Miller, $140,000 and $1. Because he said the city's maximum that he could pay them was $140,000, but they were so worth it, he was going to give them the extra dollar. Oh so God. he basically came in there saying, I'm going to treat them differently and the rules are not going to apply to us and it was a symbolic thing set the groundwork that's it was one of those early things where you're like oh my god this is a tell that's a fair amount of money back i mean it's a decent amount of money now but back then 140 was it's ridiculous a lot it's certainly enough to pay restitution but um well and that gets to the story yeah because you find out that you know she and christine's been back in michigan for Two and, and a half years. years. Okay, two and a half yeah, years. More I, than that, really. Doing, I mean, she claims little jobs here and there, but you find out that she got hired by a nonprofit. Right. So I was told over the summer that Christine Beatty is back and she's working for Thaw, the heat and warmth fund. Everybody knows Thaw. Yeah. And mm -hmm. so, uh, okay, I'll get to it. So then- um, <laughs> Everybody knows what Thaw is. Yeah. Well, actually, I don't know if they do because we just hear today in the free no, press no, from no. a letter to the editor that they're really all about that's, second that's chances. That's what we call a tangent. When so, all of us no. thought well, it was all about keeping people no, from no, no, no. freezing to he death. Wants to rant. No, we're good. We're good. We'll get well, to that. Well, you wanted the rant earlier, Sean. Linear. We'll get to that. I did? So you find- out in the summer yeah so so thaw. so okay so i'm like all right this is something i should probably tell people about at some point and i got lots of stories to do so i just move on and then uh then the mayor is moving back and we find out he hasn't paid his restitution he's working for a non-profit so i my editor called me 
because I try not to write around about Kilpatrick because I don't want to be seen as gratuitous. And if I do mention Kilpatrick, it's usually because we can learn something from his misdeeds. So if we write about Lee Chatfield, we can say, this is how Kilpatrick did it. And if Lee Chatfield's doing it, we might want to be worried about Lee Chatfield. So he says, write about that. I said, okay, and then, then what about Beatty? He said, write that next. Well, this is just before That's Thanksgiving. Pr- pretty smart story stack. Yeah. Really. Well, I mean, well, this. I mean, this, as far as an editor goes. I well, the, the whole idea is they're both coming back. They're both going to work for nonprofit, nonprofits, yeah. and neither one of them have paid restitution, and neither one of them will admit to all the terrible things they did when they were in charge. So Thanksgiving's coming up. I'm like, well, I don't really want to do this column about her before Thanksgiving. That's kind of not the way you want to help somebody celebrate the holidays. Not that she's ever invited me over, but then. Um, you know, I was sick for a week and then I called and said, Hey, can we talk to Chris about what's going on? I called Thaw. And I gave her some time to soak that in and to talk to her boss and let her know, Hey, the reporters are calling. It's probably not the kind of publicity we're looking for. And I get a call back saying, yeah, she's probably not going to talk to you. And I said, well, listen, I have the public record. I don't need her to tell me what she's done. I've got all that. What I really need her to tell me is all the wonderful things she's done, what she's done since she left Detroit how she's making a difference, how she's, you know, this is her chance to tell us every amazing thing she can think of about herself. And the rest of it I'll ask her about, but it speaks for itself. And they stonewalled us. They held us at bay for a week. It wasn't until I told them my deadline was Wednesday, but if they needed more time, I would try and buy more time until Thursday morning. And it wasn't until late Thursday afternoon that, we were told definitively she won't talk to us. Now, in the meantime, her PR person was out trying to peddle this story, and they found a buyer at Channel 4. And unfortunately, Christy McDonald, who is a very fine journalist, an outstanding human Mm -hmm. being, Mm -hmm. a great mother and a a great wife, Mm -hmm. and uh, we all know that she lost her husband, Jamie, and how tragic that was. She's She's just a fantastic person. And they basically approached her to do this story about Christine Beatty. And what they didn't tell her was why they approached her to do this story. And they said on their broadcast, which you may have seen last night on Channel 4, that, um, that uh, Christine Beatty is speaking now because she wants to tell people her story. No, the reason Christine Beatty is speaking now is because she wanted to try and tell a somewhat fairy tale story because she knew the truth was coming out in the free press and she wanted to find a way to try and take the edge off of that. And unfortunately, they took advantage of a very fine person, a very empathetic person who also lost a loved one because Christine Beatty, one of the reasons she came back is because her mother was sick with cancer. So um, so Channel 4 basically went hook, line, and sinker on this thing and, and put out this story where some of the many untruths or some of the many things that... that people should probably be troubled about include things like her biggest regret and i think mark we got a a soundbite from the show what are your biggest regrets then oh biggest regret is that i was ever involved in an extramarital affair it is it is the people that were hurt not necessarily that it's the outcome for other people and you know i always I, i watch different things when people say i wouldn't change one thing about my past because it made me who i am today that evolved yet i would change it <laughs> yeah, she did a lot of laughing of you know mm. questions laughing them off she, she was nervous she was uncomfortable and that's understandable 
but her biggest regret was the affair with Kilpatrick and the people she hurt were her husband, her children, his wife, their children. You know, I don't care who you screw. Just don't screw the taxpayers. Her biggest regret should be the career she ruined of people who work for the city, the police officers whose career she ruined. The lying under oath. The lying right. under oath. Yeah. The, what, the, the, breaking the, the law. Exactly. The, yeah. <laughs> having, the an affair, having an affair. It's a great point, Erica. Having an affair is not illegal. That's not yeah. why you went to jail. No, we would have just stoned you if it was illegal. You know, we, nobody nobody <laughs> cares about that. You know, this is this is the false narrative that all we did was we we fell in love. That was our sin. Yeah, but you know what? It works. Some people buy that shit. They well, buy it. That's why some people are willing to tell the truth and then take whatever heat comes with it. But the the, the, the people who she hurt were. All the retirees in the city of Detroit who got crappy pension deals because they gave crooked contracts out. Uh, good contractors who wouldn't bid on jobs anymore. There's one contract who lost out on a $140 million contract because he wouldn't give Bobby Ferguson a big chunk of the action. And the Fed said in the sentencing memorandum for Bobby Ferguson that Christine Beatty slowed that contract up mm-hmm. to give Bobby more time to try and leverage this contractor. This this thing was so perverse that the contractor met with Kilpatrick at the Manoogian Mansion where the mayor personally tried to lobby him to kit Bobby in on the deal. And the, the, the contractor refused to do it, and they lost out on a $140 million contract. Jesus. These are the people who Kilpatrick, or who Beatty should feel sorry for these are the people she should apologize to instead she only cares about hers and his because that's all they've ever cared about the cast tech mafia giving each other jobs Mm -hmm. helping each other out that is outrageous and now she's being paid we assume a decent salary she said once she got a job again she'd resume her restitution payments she did not resume her restitution payments and she was hired by a high school friend it's it looks well, it looks a little troubling to me. At least, you know, those people that were hurt by her, she's thinking of it's them, anybody right? that was hurt by actions that I, from my actions. That is what is always with me. It's all you're always with her, the people that she hurt. I, I, maybe I spoke too soon, I guess, uh, that she's got, uh, by my count, 700,000 people who are always with her because those are the people who are hurt by the $8 million <laughs> in taxpayer money that Kilpatrick and Beatty used to yes. cover up their text messages that's enough money to knock down hundreds of houses, to hire hundreds of police and firefighters, to clean up neighborhoods, to keep a recreation center open. That's what happened with what they it's did. And that's like, just the money that we that we know of and can see. Sure. It's the ripple yeah. effects from this are we we can't oh. even imagine. Well, and the good contractors who wouldn't bid on jobs, who probably mm-hmm. would have bid a fair price right. because they didn't want to get involved. They did not want to get caught up in the criminal enterprise that was the Kwame Kilpatrick administration. And she was at the right hand of the man. She was the gatekeeper. She was the guard dog at the palace. And and she wants to just push this. I'm just Poor little Christine. You know what? Christine is a smart and talented person, but she is also delusional. She was vindictive. And quite frankly, she did not do a very good job running the city, which is one of the reasons it went into bankruptcy. So when you want to say you're sorry, don't just apologize to your family and the Kilpatrick family. Apologize to all of our families. And maybe spare a couple shekels for restitution. Yeah, and because that's what a lot of your column was about, was, look, she's not answering questions, but more importantly, she owes, what, $78,000? Uh, 
She owes $78,000 of the $100,000 she agreed to pay to resolve the prosecution from the text message. Does that, wait, does that mean she paid 22 or got knocked down? No, there were payments made. And she explained during this interview with Christy McDonald that the reason she made the payments is because part of her probation for five years was she had to make payments. So the minute that she didn't have to make them, she stopped making them. And then she Aww. said during the broadcast... It's crazy how I that know. works. Yeah, so, so yeah, I want to do it, but if you don't make me, I won't. <laughs> well, wait a minute. <laughs> so during the broadcast, she says, oh, I didn't really understand how restitution worked. Well, don't forget, at the same time, she had a very demanding job running the city of Detroit as chief of staff. She was going to law school full-time. I think they might have talked a little bit about restitution in law school. Yeah, yeah. But if not, here's what she, she had to say what about restitution. Doing. Oh, she absolutely knows what she's doing. You still have restitution owed to the city of Detroit? Um, You're paying that? How so, does that work out? So, and again, I don't want to give any wrong information. So part of my restitution, and I was on probation for the five years, um, was to pay restitution, which I did, you know, during that entire time. Please rest assured, when <laughs> I want to pay every dime of my restitution, and I just... I don't want that hanging over my head. God, I mean, she's... It's funny that it all comes back to her again. I don't want it hanging over my head. Me, me, me. It's always yeah. coming back to her. There was a lot of talk about God, too, in the story, which we've seen that before from people in the story, talking using God, you know, invoking uh, God for certain reasons. Mm-hmm. Well, if you believe in God and if you have faith, you know that everybody sins and that everybody has an opportunity to be redeemed. But in my faith, one of the things about redemption is there has to be regret. There has to be remorse. Not just, I'm sorry that all the mistakes I made weren't really mistakes, but they upset all you people and now my life sucks. It's like, boy, I'll tell you what, if you go into confessional and you give that to the Padre, he's going to give you about 500 million Our Fathers and 2 billion Hail Marys because, you know, this... God God isn't an excuse. None that, all no. I hear are excuses. Yeah, no, nobody's yeah. saying that she's she's doesn't deserve to be loved by. Of course not. By anybody. Well, and, it's this, just, and this is what pisses me off. So just then, be you, an adult and take accountability. Yeah. That's all. Thank you. Yeah, Erica. You know it's really hard for people to be adults nowadays. I know that's true. Um, so now this is what annoys me. Um, in your paper today, there is an opinion piece, a uh, letter to the editor written by Suntiel Jenkins. I, I assume that's the friend that hired her to work for Thaw. Yes, that's the th- CEO of Thaw. She and Chris were best friends in high school and good friends with Kwame Kilpatrick. And, and they're really pissed off at you, or your column, not you, your column, about, um, you know, kind of why won't you answer questions? This is what you owe in restitution. And their letter is all about, hey, people deserve second chances, which I don't think anybody's disagreeing with the fact that people can have second chances. The Agreed. point is, Show some remorse and pay your fucking restitution. So nice. Y- y- you know, you know who wrote uh, in the free press that they believe in second chances before Santiel's letter was published. Who? A little guy named M. L. Elric who oh. wrote, "I believe in second chances, but I also believe in setting the record straight." Nobody is saying that Chris shouldn't be able to put her life together. Nobody's saying that that Thaw shouldn't be able to hire her. What we are saying is when you don't admit what you did wrong. Maybe you don't know what you did wrong. There's a chance you could do it again. And Thaw receives millions of dollars every year in taxpayer money and donations from people like me. And when I say like me, I mean me. 
And you don't some of us are guy concerned. Named ML Elric? <laughs> no, no, the rich guy named ML Elric. Yeah, that's right. It's, who needs the tax right? I just, I love it when he goes third person. The, the man who passed up a hundred thousand dollar job, uh, but uh, and walked away from a, a well paying job. Yeah, to that man. Huh? But, uh, but you know, guess, that guy sounds dumb. The, one of the things I asked saw on TV. Sounds like he thinks a lot of himself. <laughs> Some people think he's. Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. Finish your thoughts. He's at least average. Ignore that. Um, man. One of the things I asked Santia when we when we spoke, and one of the things I asked the chairwoman of the board of Thaw is, are you concerned that there are people who may not support Thaw anymore because they are worried that Christine Beatty is going to get some of their money? And they both said no. And that's fair, but if I was running a nonprofit, I wouldn't want to give anybody a reason not to support us. I wouldn't want to give anybody a reason to question our judgment. Christine Beatty was hired, and and Santil said, "I don't, I don't know. I don't remember whether she was interviewed for the first job we gave her." I mean, this really sounds like a hookup. And um, well, and what's her job? Their project project manager. Project Which manager. I, I don't know I, what I mean, that means or what projects they do, other than you know giving yeah. utility assistance. You know, I I, I interviewed Santil before the story, uh, the column ran, um, and we'll have a link to the column on our website, and quoted her on everything she said and i guess there's some things she still wanted to say so she put it in a letter to the editor but um well this whole and one of the lines in the letter is that um and i'll quote it while elric is looking back she is looking forward christina has moved on and people should be allowed to do so has she moved on because she hasn't paid the fucking restitution well so that's the other thing you know who deserves second chances people have paid their debt yeah. And she hasn't paid her debt. Yeah, I agree. You're we're talking about moving on and and second chances and and starting over. You haven't. What have you done? Yeah. To deserve that. Yeah. yeah. Let's have a show of good faith. You <laughs> yeah, know these, she. Oh, well, she has all those people in her heart. Yeah. Uh, She's always thinking of the people she. Heard. I mean, words are great, but <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Where, anyone can act? say anything. Well, we just you're not just, showing us anything. Yeah, we just saw. Th- 32 minutes of words on Channel 4, uh, very few of which have the ring of truth. But Christine Beatty told our Fox 2 colleague, Charlie Langton, in 2016, when she did talk to the media, why? Because she was promoting her radio show Mm -hmm. and a reality show she was a part of. So when she needs to talk to Detroiters to get something she wants, she will. Otherwise... We can all just screw off. The stone wall is still there. But she said in 2016 she wanted to resume her restitution payments as soon as she was back to work. Well, her resume shows that she was working not too long after that. And certainly we know she's been working for Thaw since March of 2021. So what was stopping her from making those restitution I don't care if she was paying 10 bucks, 5 bucks a month. Anything. If you're showing that you're trying, that's different. Ab- yeah, absolutely. You know, All the law requires is a good thing. Instead of going, hey, my uh, probation's up. See ya. Yeah. Come Adios. Get, <laughs> yeah, come get the money now. That's a great point. Right, Sean? Right. Oh, man. The geeks have inherited the earth. Good contribution. Can I do that? What a dork. Does him wanting to play with us again mean that he's <laughs> turning into a geek or we're turning into cool guys? Well, if you've just returned to work, uh, maybe you have some restitution you owe. Maybe you don't. Maybe you just want to save for a vacation or for the future. Luke Nowacki is the one who can make you make, help you make the kind of good choices that some people we've been discussing just haven't made on their own. That's right. Uh, because now that uh, it's almost the new year, right? Is everybody feeling that? I'll get to it next year. I will next yeah. year. Well, next year's almost here. Oh, damn it. There you go. So what you need to do is keep your head up. 
be prepared. If you like some help managing your assets, give Luke and Zach. Zach's entering the mix. So call it Pinnacle Wealth. Z-Dog. To help figure out, you know, where your money is, how we're going to make that money grow. Give Pinnacle Wealth a call. Free consultation, 248-663-4748 for Luke Nowacki. And Zach, because when you call Luke and Zach, they will make it all about you, sweetheart. Securities and investment advisory services offered through Bonaic Wealth. Sync member F-I-N-R-A-S-I-P-C. Bonaic Wealth. Sync is separately owned, and other entities and or marketing names, products, or services referenced here are independent. Bonaic Wealth. Sync. My Geek of the Week is Draymond Green. Oh, wow. It's that simple. This is an outstanding, outstanding basketball player. Where did he go to college? Very community-minded. What's that? Huh? Who said something? He went to uh, he went to the University of Michigan, State Michigan State, Michigan State University, which is the University of Michigan to many of us. Proud son of Saginaw has donated back to his university. Has been very generous. Uh, has been very very uh, conscientious about mentoring people and helping people move forward. But he's out of control. He's, uh, when he's he gets punching. on the court, he becomes. Kind of a loon, right? I mean, yeah. arms flailing, feet flailing. He's punching teammates. He's punching kicks. other people. Yeah. Even Stomping. Tom Izzo's worried about him. Draymond, you seem like a great guy, and you've made some great contributions, but you got to get yourself under control, brother. You, you, you look like you're nuts. And if you are, we got to get you some help because you have a lot more to contribute, and it shouldn't be in fines to the NBA. So Draymond Green, and Sean, I know you got my back on this one. You are a geek of the week. Right, Sean? Whatever you say. Split peak. Why, why are you smirking over there? No, it's not a smirk. I just wanted smirk. to explain to Eric. Eric, was that a smirk? These a are smirk. these are two parts of the show looks. that uh, that Mike likes that uh, maybe nobody else in this room does. So that's why I try not to. You know, I try to. Yeah. Yeah, and and Sean wants them to go by as quickly as possible, so he just starts making comments in the middle that drags him out. But we are not. Going I don't to like fall saying somebody's trap. the geek of the week. I don't feel like I'm the judge and jury that way. It's just oh, not, it's get just over not it. Me. Yes, you are. No, I'm not. Throw some awes you in. judge me all the time. No, yeah, no, I admire your calves. There's a difference. <laughs> see, I'm a piece of meat too, Eric. Uh, now I'm looking to see. See your cast. I don't have shorts on. But. <laughs> <laughs> For fetishizing oh people, Sean Windsor, you are whoa. exactly He's carrying a you lot have of weight huge around. Huge calves. Exactly. He's carrying a lot of weight around. That's his joke, right? That it's, it's true. Uh, propping him up. Those are some large calves. Thank you. So oh, any, is that a good like, thing? I don't they're even like know if that's two veals. That's so how I hear calves. women always look for large calves in men. I so mean, men get there's men who get calf implants. Oh wow, it's back to fun yeah. conversation again. This is awesome. <laughs> I sat through that. What was that, 15 minutes? Those are some calves. Will you knock it off? You're fine. I am now. Oh, my God. I am now. Come on, Grandpa. What do you got, ML? Oh, oh I love the man. Love him to death. So if, if you check back in our catalog, which you can find at mlsoulofdetroit.com, you'll find a special Christmas music yeah, don't edition listen to of the, music the Soul on that of Detroit. One. Listen to everything don't except listen. for Sonic Youth. That is the worst. Sonic Youth I love stops Sonic people Youth. dead I, in their tracks. I love Sonic Youth. Worst song I've ever heard in my life. Ah, but the Aztec song. camera and the Alison Moyet, well worth it. But uh, but yeah, the Sonic Youth is a deal. But today you have the best Christmas song. So oh, ever. Vince Guaraldi. So yes. Yeah, so Steve? we okay. We, second best. We are uh, we are sticking with our new wave 
theme. Oh, and Darlene not Love. Actually something great. Oh. Sean, you want to talk about love? Darlene Love. How about that? Love it, yep. Who did Christmas, Baby, Please Come True, says that the best version of her Christmas classic was performed by you two. So we will let you two judge them, even though Sean doesn't like to judge people. But here is Bono, The Edge, Adam Clayton, and maybe somebody else. With Christmas, baby, please come true. Yeah. Come home. Oh, damn it. <laughs> Apologies to Larry Mullen Jr. I know. Forgotten member of you too. Great Christmas song, right, Sean? Uh, you know, Christ. you love it, right, Erica? It, it I like fine. it. Thank you. It was fine. It was, That's the it kind was of enthusiasm fun. we're looking for. That's pretty good. That you got a little bit out of him. He, you kind of sound like Larry David sometimes. Well, I don't have the hair either. I think his heart grew two sizes. He's the Christian Larry David. Not the Jewish one. <laughs> so you're although Larry hates people. That's true. I love people. Yeah. And not all people. Anyway, we want to in- encourage you to send your Even- suggestions for room seven six oh nine to mlsolvedetroit at gmail.com. We also want to encourage you to send your money. And you can do that by hitting the donation buttons on our website. That's mlsolvedetroit. Dot com. Uh, there's a button for Venmo. There's a button for PayPal. Bryant sent a, uh, a nice donation and said, the cover for this week's episode is priceless. Extra points oh, to really? Mark for putting his head on the cow. The <laughs> laughs a, a late coming edition. jet. Yes, it was an and I think you said it as a joke, and I still did it. I don't know why. Well, it was one of those jokes where I was hoping you would do it, but I didn't want you to do any more work than you had to, and then I see Since when? you did it. Well, it's, okay. it's my resolution. I'm going to... 
try again next, next year. year. Yeah. But uh, but you did it, and I looked at it. I was so happy, and I'm glad Bryant appreciated it as well. And we also want to thank Paul for his donation, which came with this note that said, donation. So oh, cool. we appreciate that. So please support the show next year. We hope to launch a Patreon option where, for a nominal amount, you will get this show and lots of bonuses, including... We're going to give you an extra monthly episode, uh, usually with some sort of theme like some of our advice to questions that people are asking. And next week's special episode, Eric is going to be with us again next week, sharing some of her take yes. on the questions that people want answered. There's so some if, interesting ones. Oh, well, these seen. are great. These are fantastic. And if you like that kind of thing, that will be an exclusive for our Patreon subscribers. A lot of feedback today. I'm going to try and go through it quickly because... Sean's soup is getting cold, and uh, it's all kind of similar. A lot of Christine Beattie stuff. Um, NP writes, thanks for the excellent, if disturbing, story on Christine Beattie. For years, I have made an annual donation to the Thaw Fund. Sadly, I can no longer do that, knowing that Christine has access to donations that she might put in her pocket. Feel free to let Santiel Jenkins know what a terrible mistake she is making, as I cannot be the only person who want nothing to do with any organization is involved with. Happy holidays. A lifelong free press reader. Well, I, I, Thank you. I will encourage people to continue to support Thaw, but this is the kind of thing that I think those of us who support Thaw were concerned would happen when people found out that Christine Beattie was on the payroll. But hey, what can I tell you? Um, David says, and this was sent before, while Channel 4 was teasing their interview with uh, Christine Beattie. It hasn't aired yet, but I really hope you tear apart Karen Drew's softball interview with Beattie the promos are nauseating. Well, it was Christy McDonald, not Karen. Right. <laughs> but I think we've given you our take on it. And the promos were, I think it's fair to say, a wee bit treacly. And while Sean looks that up, we'll go to the next one. Um, <laughs> Michelle says, I hope you can consider answering some of this on Tuesday's podcast. Please share what you found about Thaw's top five executive salaries and assets versus donations. Well, most of the top five employees at Thaw make over $100,000. The uh, nonprofit rules require nonprofits to disclose the top five highest paid uh, people there. And um, we did not see Chris among those five, so we assume that they're not among them. I will say this, too. I was looking at the comments on your column, and they're overwhelmingly positive for you, which is unusual. Unusual. A lot of really? times you get attacked. I really liked where you're going there for me. Except this first one was really confusing because they said only this reporter can make BD look like a sympathetic figure. Well, I, all, I don't know if they even read the column. We all have our gifts. Yeah, that doesn't seem. That's a little. <laughs> I don't think they read the columns. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I, there are a lot of people who think I was picking on it. There's a lot of people who think that this is old news. There's a lot of people who think that this is racist. You're entitled to your opinion, and that's why I don't read the opinions because. Um, you know, they're like assholes. Everybody's oh, got we some. About at the top of the show, really. Some are less fragrant than others. Um, Gross. There's what? I'm oh, sorry. Nothing. Did I say that out loud? No, you're fine. Um, there's a question here about uh, did uh, did Thaw purposely omit her mother's salary or her salary? I don't think so. Oh. Um, but but Santiel Jenkins, I did ask her what uh, what Chris Beattie's making, and she said she wouldn't tell me. Um, well, I thought they were so open, yeah. according to their letter to the editor. Well, you know, that's you know, that's what people say, and that's what people do, and they don't always line up, and that's where people like me are meanies. Um, <laughs> Michelle also <laughs> says that her husband was a student at Wayne State, had a lot of parking tickets, and they almost ruined him! So she thinks she should pay the restitution. 
And uh, here's, let me, let, me, let me get this one. This is the important one. Your haters are claiming you're using your column to set up running for office again. For the record, you've repeatedly said you will never run again. You're not running. I'm not allowing you. Right? Love the column. Love the show. Well, listen, uh, the work I did for the free press actually hurt my chances of being elected after I was beaten. More than one peop- person posts on social media. That's what you get for telling on people. If I was trying to get elected or trying to further my political ambitions, I would not be uh, doing stuff like this because the truth is most people would prefer to pretend that this doesn't happen. They'd prefer to continue to be gaslit and to live in a cloud of delusion. And whether it makes me more popular or less popular doesn't really matter to me. I'm just going to tell the truth. And it seems to have worked out okay. Uh, and I'm going to trust my judgment because it was my judgment that said, do not go to work for Christine Beatty or Kwame Kilpatrick. So that one alone is going to keep me uh, pretty confident on the calls I make. Pretty sure you're not the one with an agenda here. <laughs> no, um, but, you know, safe to say. when people don't have a good story to tell, they try and make piss all up. over yours. So that's the way it mm-hmm. goes. A couple other folks want to know some stuff that we're going to get to in the future. Uh, Lee Chatfield, question about Lee Chatfield. We're all waiting to see what Dana Nessel does with the Lee Chatfield case. We've been told there may be some action over the holidays. It's outrageous that it's taken this long, but we shall see. And when there is news on that, you can bet we'll talk about it right here on The Soul of Detroit. So please keep your letters coming. MLSoulofDetroit at gmail.com. Please let us know who you'd like us to invite on as a guest because, as you can tell, oh, more of Erica we back. get some superstar yeah. guests in here. So Aww. please let <laughs> us we know. Get, and we get more of Erica next week. Who you'd like to join us. Yes, and Erica will be back next week for a special edition of ML Soul of Detroit. So please, everybody, have a great holiday. Have a safe Christmas. And we will see you next week on the Soul of Detroit. Sean, do you want right, to cue Sean? up Cyrus? Take us out. <laughs> Cyrus. Can you dig it? I wish that for only one day Dad couldn't tell a lie. Is it good for you? <laughs> I've had better. Now. Can he believe the restitution? Absolutely. <laughs> could you spare some? Yes, I could. Uh, I can't lie. All he can do is tell the truth. Like the new jazz? Whatever takes the focus off your head. The whole truth. You know why I pulled you over? Do you know who the fuck I am? And nothing but the truth. It was me! 